Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world you get in four minutes. We start things off in downtown Phoenix. Sun's a loser to Brooklyn, 116 to 112. The big news was it was the first time for the big three, uh, even though they lost. Head coach Frank Vogel, how'd it look? Uh, well, not good enough to win the game, but we're you know we're gonna stay positive. Uh, first game with those three guys out there together, a lot of figuring it out. Um, you know, guys figuring out when to be aggressive, when not to be aggressive, dealing with minutes restriction. That was on Bradley Beal, the minutes restriction. He was able to come through with 14 points. Booker tremendous, 34 points, 14 assists, six boards. KD pretty darn good. He had 27 and six. Nurkic really good, 15 and 22 rebounds. The problem, in order to get Kevin Durant, they traded away Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges and the Twins combined for 37 points. Suns are off today. They take on the Knicks at home on Friday night. We got lots of NBA news to go over this morning. Milwaukee beat Indiana last night, 140 to 126. Giannis Adenakumbo had 64 points. Oscar Shibway made a free throw. Why does that matter? Because they both had the game ball and then argued about it. The Pacers wanted the game ball for Shibway, scoring his first points in the NBA. Giannis for setting the new all-time record in Bucks history. <laughs> the argument ensued into the into the hallway. I was pretty entertained by that. Lakers beat San Antonio 122 to 119. You need to know about that because now the Spurs have lost 18 in a row. <laughs> but they're not even the worst team. The Detroit Pistons lost to Philadelphia 129 to 111. At one point in the season, Detroit was 2 and 1. 2 and 1. You got that? They haven't won since. They're on a 21 game losing streak. Their new head coach, Monty Williams, says, we're still not happy, but we got good guys. All right. Draymond Green suspended indefinitely by the league. He's going to meet with his agent, the Warriors, and the league all at the same time to get some help. Four games left. Two home divisional games sandwiched around two conference road games. 49ers coming up this weekend. Kyler, are you ready? Got to be ready for a war. You know, got to be ready for a war. I know they're not going to come in here and take us lightly, especially after, you know, last game we played pretty good. Um, but, man, like I said, man, it's a great opportunity. You know, you're playing probably against the best defense in the league for me um, and for everybody on this offense. We should go out there with a chip on our shoulder and go out there and be ready to execute. That chip might get knocked off. Kickoff Sunday, home 225. Two interesting pieces of news for ASU. Number one, and they both involve transfers, Drew Pine is not going to play football where he's transferring. He's transferring to Notre Dame, going back to receive his degree after a semester, and then will transfer again in order to play football somewhere else. But speaking about double transfers, U.S. Judge John Preston Bailey in West Virginia issued a temporary restraining order telling the NF telling college football to quit blocking kids from trying to transfer to two different schools. That would include Jake Smith, who's a local product here, went to USC, went somewhere else and tried to come back to ASU. Now he could play. NFL, they want to ban the kickoff and the hip drop tackle. Not looking forward to that. And finally, 
Don't sue! A Malaysian businesswoman, who obviously can't be all that well good at business if she's this dumb, put an $800,000 ring on her nightstand at the luxurious Paris Ritz, spent all day in business meetings, came back to the room expecting to get ready to go out and put the ring on. It wasn't there. She accused an employee of theft and sued the hotel and changed rooms. Uh, or excuse me, changed hotels. Don't worry, ma'am. <laughs> they found the ring. It was inside a vacuum cleaner bag. You see people clean up. They don't steal. Have a nice day. Jackpot Unplugged Army. I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tea time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off, plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime. Or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, general manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. the Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky-tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. A ton, Jeff Weir production. Uh, this is not fake enthusiasm. I don't know why. I felt better at the end of last week. Felt fine by Saturday morning. But for some reason, today is the day where all of the juice is back. And what do I get to talk about? Another son's lost. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and I'm here right And you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world, totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and your television every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of HGCU, the Rattlers Rising, and the Burke. Yes, I got through it. This is Doug Franz Unplugged. Presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. If you are um, listening right now to the podcast, Amazon, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, or Apple, uh, you don't see it, of course. So I'd love for you to consider becoming a member of the WTSM world. So you go to WTSMTV.com and you choose basic to watch the show on demand after it's over, live to watch the show while it's actually going on from 6 to 8, 8 to 10 with Steve McCollum in the main event, 10 to noon with iOS Izzy on sports. And then um, 
you can also go to the premium level, which you get everything everybody else does, but now you're registered for elevated prizes that we give out all the time. So that's so that's the three levels if you want to jump on it. We'd love to have you. But I'm talking just to the podcast listeners right now because you can't see this, and I got distracted by it because it's so cool. I met David. I'll, I'll probably bump him up to Colonel David status because he, hasn't been to, he only went to one event in the two years of Doug Franz Unplugged. But when you come bearing a gift like this, you, you, you move up from private pretty darn fast as he gave me a neon sign for Beer Friday. And it just so happened the A of Friday is highlighted with a beer can, and it's almost like a Mountain Amber Ale, which is my favorite beer in the state, brewed at 100 Mile Brewing Company. So as I start the intro, I look, and right now on the camera, right over my right shoulder, is the Beer Friday sign. It's not lit, though. It'll just stay there in that position, and then we'll have the ceremonial lighting every Friday. So I'm all jacked up seeing the sign. It, it's just so cool. And the Rattlers Booster Club gave me a bottle opener. So it's right next to the bottle opener. And then in case you're, you don't know, there's a Shane Doan garden gnome in which the big hat of Shane Doan is pointing at the Beer Friday sign. So it's, it's like set up perfect. It's set up totally perfect behind me. And yet while I was going on in the intro, just seeing the sign lit up just kind of made me, or not lit up, just seeing the sign sitting there as something new in my background to grab my attention. And I, so I'm highly entertained, highly entertained. Um, speaking of Beer Friday, I'm jacked up for tomorrow. And I actually thought about, you know, why, why don't we just declare today Friday? Like what really happens if we all go to work today and all of us tell our boss today's Friday? And then don't show up to work tomorrow because that would make tomorrow Saturday. We just all take the day off. I guess you can't do it, so I won't do it. But I'm 100% okay with that. Are you? By the way, yeah. I have to tell you this. This is, man, I, I have so much to get to today. I told myself, no stories. And yet, here we go. But I thought about doing it. I didn't have the courage to do it. But I thought about doing this. I was at the old station so long, I accrued a ton of vacation and sick days, like a ton, because I never took a sick day. I seriously took two sick, day, two sick days in 15 years. So I had all of these sick days, and I had all of this vacation. I figured out I could actually, if I chose not to take a vacation in the summer, but I could go home for Christmas to Ohio, and but only spend like three or four days. We used to spend like two weeks, and then after, as I got older, it's like no, no, I gotta get home. I don't want to. I don't want to be when I'm home. When I'm when I'm here, home is Ohio, and when I'm in Ohio, home is Arizona. So I was like, I gotta get back to Arizona. Well, I figured out I could do this: take like three or four days off at Christmas, and that's it. Not go on a summer vacation. But take off every Wednesday. Like, think about that for a second. Now, it would kind of think you like to have the rest and relaxation of a week, two weeks on vacation and go somewhere or do something. And I get that. And I'm that exact same person. But imagine a world where you work Monday and Tuesday, take a day off, work Thursday and Friday, take Saturday, Sunday off, work Monday, Tuesday, and that's it. All year. And I thought, I, like, I thought long and hard about that. I don't think the bosses would have really let me, but at the same time, I don't know what they could have done. I mean, it said it in the contract. This is how much time I have off. 
I always thought that's really cool. Could you imagine that? Every Wednesday, you just, I'm not coming in. So as soon as you start to get stressed out from your week on Monday and Tuesday, it's all right. Every Tuesday's a Friday. And every Friday's a Friday. Isn't that a great system? <laughs> By the way, every, I don't know, every, uh, every three or four years, the French and the Greeks revolt against businesses and, and demand less time working. So every year, hey, we don't want a 45-hour work week. Hey, we don't want a 40 I think they're down to like a 30-hour work week. And now I think they want to make it four days on, three days off in the week. And they don't work Fridays anymore or they don't work Mondays. I forget what they're arguing about. And, uh, like, I don't want that. But at the same time, I kind of like the idea. Let's just start taking Wednesdays just arbitrarily. Why, why should we all go in? I just thought about that for, uh, for Beer Friday. Uh, another thing is I got to get back to that story that I told you. So the Ritz Hotel in Paris, I, I've never been to Europe, but it's supposedly oh, the, the elegance of the hotel. This Malaysian businesswoman, you know, God bless her for what she's done in her life that she can afford an $800,000 ring. But I have to ask the question, why would you want an $800,000 ring? I mean, I, I, I look at it. Now, granted, somebody else would look at me and say, why do you have speakers that are taller than your wife? Well, I mean, it's me. Come on. I want to watch the movie. Speakers. Uh, And then there's other people that say, why in the world do you need a car that goes 180 miles an hour? Well, that's because it goes 180. I mean, vroom, vroom. Okay. But so I I get we all have our little quirks. But for me, I could spend $800,000 on a ring or I could spend $800,000 on anything else in the world. I'm not getting the ring. But she took her $800,000 and bought a ring, put the ring on the nightstand, and then she's flipped out because she comes back to the hotel room in the nightstand, and the ring is gone. Now, I'm a big believer. There's a little thing I like to call the Ten Commandments. I think it's a pretty good deal, all right? So I'm not here advocating stealing. Yet at the same time, somebody leaves an $800,000 ring on the table. Don't be the jerk to steal it. But I ain't got any sympathy for when it's gone to the person that lost the ring. No sympathy at all. It came from my great-grandfather. You left a $700,000, $800,000 ring on a nightstand. Don't, I don't feel bad for you. That's just dumb. So she checks out of the hotel. She's furious, angry at the world. Can't believe it. Goes after the hotel, accuses employees of stealing, blah, blah, blah. They go nuts. The hotel still doesn't care that she's checked out. They take it seriously. They look for the ring. They find it in the vacuum cleaner bag of the woman employee, the female employee that was cleaning the room. So there's no way to know. Maybe she did bump the nightstand with the vacuum cleaner. The ring fell off and it got swept up. Maybe. But maybe the woman getting ready after she put the ring down, she bumped the nightstand and knocked it off. Who knows? Who knows how it got in there? There's no way my vacuum cleaner at home is going to suck up a ring. I would. I, I can barely suck up little mini M and M's that my daughter spills with a vacuum cleaner. Uh, I got to tell you something. I, Jeff Weir Production, you are, you are so much of a better man than I am. <laughs> I, you don't even know how bad you've exposed me. I that? am, you know, in my fifties now. And I have probably vacuumed eight times in my life. Oh, gosh. I vacuum all the time. (laughs) 
Now, is that your own sickness, and that's why you do it, or you're just a good person? Well, if if I don't vacuum, no one else will. Right, right. Because I don't, I, I don't live with anybody. At, you know, yeah. I typically don't live with anybody. Right now, I'm living with someone, but they're not going to vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, usually it's just me and my daughter. So. Yeah. Uh, Somebody's got to do it. Man, you're you're a wonderful person. <laughs> I because I, I just I don't care. I'm one of those people that I don't care. And poor Jennifer, she cares. She cares. Now it's not like it used to be. Oh my gosh, early in the marriage, she was just a nut job, clean freak. I mean, it was. There's no reason to spend time with people. The house is not clean. Like we couldn't even go out. Because the house wasn't clean. And then you have this, not really argument, but this difficult discussion of, okay, you have the sickness, I don't, so why don't I go out? I'd like to go out with you, but I don't care that there's this mess here. I'm ready to go. It was just awful. And now life is, you know, after kids and then realizing we're missing time with friends and getting older, okay, we don't have any of those issues anymore. So she's not even remotely an anal person like she used to be. But, oh, the beginning years, man, that was, was like, hey, things have a place. I would put something away. I'd get in trouble for where it went, and I had an idea. Okay, I just won't put it away then. <laughs> just Hey, problem solved. And then suddenly, I don't know why that wasn't a good reason either. I don't know why. It made sense to me. If I get in trouble by putting something away in the wrong spot, how about I just never put something away? Then I can't get, well, I got in trouble for that too. The joys of marriage, Jeff and Izzy, what you guys are looking forward to. <laughs> After about seven years, you're, you're in. Like people ask me, what is your marriage advice? You've been married for so long, and I don't remember how long I've been married. Well, however long it's been. 25, 27, 30 years, whatever it's been. We've been together 30 years. I don't remember. And my advice is very simple. Your marriage will fail all the time in the first five to six years, and then it'll be a success after that. So just suck it up. That's it. <laughs> just first five or six years, just suck it up. It's all right. You'll figure it out later. Every time something goes wrong, don't run, don't get divorced, just suck it up. Now, that's different if somebody actually cheats on somebody else. Well, that's just dumb. Uh, that's totally different. All right, I, I, now I'm really rambling. Who knows where I'm going to uh, go next? So that's that's a sign to, hey, let's bail and bring content. All right, uh, sound credits today. Suns helped out a ton. Uh, the Suns PR department gave us Booker, Kevin Durant, and Frank Vogel. And uh, we went to azcardinals.com and ripped off Kyler Murray sound. I kind of joke ripped off. It's not considered stealing as long as you give credit. It's thievery if they're doing the work and then you act like you were there doing the work. So give them credit. Say azcardinals.com, and that's okay. But all right, enough of me. Let's do some like real-life show. Let's roll. Doug's big one. Doug's big one today. I'm calling out every member of every board of regents in every state in the United States of America. I'm almost to the point where I want to start a new political party that is just simply the anti-incumbent party. I don't care if there's a legislator or a governor or somebody who agrees with me politically on every single thing I believe in. I would vote them out anyway, just because you're the incumbent. And the reason why I'm thinking of starting this is the ignorant fools that run the NCAA and nobody has any brains that is running this institution right now. Nobody. And the Board of Regents of every state allows 
these college presidents to continue to run college sports into the ground and make the student athlete out to be the terrible person. And it's happened once again. And I realize some of these stories might be very boring to you. I I get that. Doug's big one is supposed to be exciting and big opinion, and here you go. But sometimes there's nuances and details, and you need to know about this stuff because it keeps happening, and yet there's zero accountability. I am really that fired up about this. U.S. Judge John Preston Bailey in West Virginia issued a restraining order against the NCAA. There's a rule in the NCAA that you can transfer as a graduate. Okay, so once you graduate, you can transfer wherever you want to go. If you haven't graduated, you're only allowed to transfer once. After that, you can't transfer a second time. I want to look you straight in the face and say, one hand, on one standpoint, the NCAA, I actually like that rule. I think once you've graduated, you've earned the right to do whatever you want. And I think every kid should have the right to change his mind. So I like the rule, and I like the idea of parents telling their child, stick it out, become a Mike Bercovici, learn how to deal with adversity, and stay where you are. Do I think that's better for kids? Yes, I do. I do. Here's the problem. It's illegal! Okay? I mean, it doesn't matter what I think. The NCAA is not the Parents Society of America. You're not the kid's parents. You don't get to choose what's best for the child. If a student is allowed to go to the first Ohio University and then decides to transfer out of heaven and go somewhere else, that's their business. And if they end up at Boise State and realize, wow, that was dumb, and they want to go somewhere else, they're allowed to. Suddenly you attach the word athlete to them and now these kids are property rights of the NCAA? Just, just think about that. Even if you don't care about the law, think about how idiotic it is. Wait, Joe Blow's student can go to Texas Tech for a year, go to Texas for a year, go to ASU for a year, and then graduate from Cal. But a student athlete can't because they're an athlete. From a legal standpoint, you could see, wait, that's dumb. And yet the NCAA continually loses in court all the time because they treat the kids like property. I am with you if you're saying, Doug, I'm sick of the transfer portal. Doug, I'm sick of kids moving around. Doug, when are we going to learn to teach kids to get through their own adversity and quit acting like you have AAU clubs are the same as a college? I get it. But we're talking about 18-year-old, even though we might want to argue what is mature, 18-year-old men and women. We're dealing with American people that are allowed to vote and serve our country. Yet suddenly you become a student athlete, and now the NCAA thinks, never mind, we own you. And here are the rules. And there's nobody in the NCAA smart enough to say, wait a minute, this is America. You guys supposedly teach education in American history and none of you know the Constitution. It's just stupid. And finally, another judge has ruled against the NCAA. Right now, the NCAA, since the 80s, 
are about 0-27 in a court of law. Yeah, where does that money come from? Where does the money come from? Yes, it comes mostly from television contracts that they're spending. Again, not on the students. They're spending on lawyers. They get their butt whooped in a court of law all the time. And no college president stands up and says, wait a minute. When are we going to get it through our head? We're going to lose because we're doing un-American things. So you have presidents like Dr. Crow that continually sit there in a backward society saying it should be like this. So we're just going to keep spending and throwing millions of dollars into the toilet to give to lawyers to go lose. And no one's figured out, wait, why do we keep losing? Because you're trying to do something that's un-American. And you're so arrogant to believe you're allowed to be the parent. Even some of the rules the NCAA wants to do, I think are fair. I think it should be that way for a child. And how arrogant would it be of me to walk into your house and say, you're doing it wrong, parent. Even though that probably would be good for some people. (laughs) But you're doing it wrong. And this is how we're now going to raise your child. No, I'm not going to be there to help you do it. You're just going to stop doing it this way. And then I walk out. What a wonderful neighbor I am. And yet that's exactly what the NCAA is doing. And they lost again. And no president is held accountable for all of the losses. Who is the NCAA? They are the college presidents. Same time. Who hires these college presidents? The Board of Regents. Who's in charge of the Board of Regents? Governors. And yet we continually vote. I'm not talking Republican, Democrat, Independent. Yet we continually vote these governors in who just either put cronies on the Board of Regents who are scared of college presidents or just love the cush job to say, I'm in the Board of Regents. And there's nobody that stands up and says, wait a minute. This is an industry that's costing me millions of dollars in legal fees. And no one gets fired. No one gets held accountable. Why is that? How do you know that this has become an official bureaucracy that's out of control? Because either A, we don't even know who to fire, or B, nobody knows what to do about it. It's sick, and it's a problem. Somebody in the legislature, please stand up to this. Please get people fired or at least held accountable. Please do an investigation and figure out how much money each of our state institutions spend and chip into the NCAA so we can find out how is this costing how much money is this costing or investigate the NCAA themselves even if the jurisdiction is not in the state that you live in you can investigate the NCAA and find out okay here's how much TV revenue you made and here's how much of it that didn't go to student athletes cuz you spent by giving it over to legal fees because of these ridiculous lawsuits that you can't win because your laws are inept. Your rules are inept. Yes, I really get that fired up about it because I care about the kids, and that's what gets to me. And I hopefully you enjoy Doug's big one when I go off probably on a topic that you might not even care about. And if you do care about it or don't care about it, I'd love your opinion. That's why we do Town Hall Tuesday. Town Hall Tuesday is your chance to say, Doug, you're just wrong about this. <laughs> and tell me why, and let's have a good conversation about it. I'd love to hear from you. Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com to email, at UnpluggedDoug to tweet me, or at DougFranzUnplugged on Instagram to post something, question, comment, whatever you want. All right, I need to do something personal now, if you don't mind. Um, the craziest thing has happened 
and it is a glorious day in the Franz household, okay? So we have our fantasy football league against the evil arch rival family, okay? The uh, family went 4-0. and We just happened to have a weekend where all four of us were against all four of them. The Franzes went 4-0 and in a beatdown of the arch rival family. And the playoff seed number one is set. Jennifer Franz is the winner of the league. She has the number one seed in the playoffs. Now, the other seeds, two through four, are a battle between intern McKenna, the wife of the evil arch rival, Tracy, and me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The four of us are in the playoffs with Jennifer at number one. I get a lot of the credit for Jennifer being number one because I helped. But my second place finish, more than likely, depending on what happens this weekend, I need to credit Brad Smith. Brad Smith, ladies and gentlemen, helping me get there as he is of the Organic Football Show, and he joins us almost every Thursday, sometimes on Friday, to talk about the league and everything happened. And I got to tell you, one of the most fascinating things that you did before I could even explain the full trade that really set me on a trajectory, I have won five straight since the trade. You said, yes, do it before I even finished the trade. Like there was more things I was going to get and you were already on board saying, yes, do it. And the hilarity of Derek it. Derek Henry, baby. Derek Henry. And the hilarity of this trade is it mostly surrounded how bad Russell Wilson was and the other guy, the evil arch rival, was sick of Russell Wilson not getting him points when he kept getting all these points on his bench. So he traded me a bunch of people for Tua because he wanted Tua off of my bench. I gave him Tua. I still have Lamar Jackson. And then the one weekend when Lamar had a bye week, I picked up Russell Wilson and he got me 22 points. The one good weekend of Russell Wilson. So I stuck it back at him. So Brad Smith, tip of the cap that you've won your That's league awesome. and you helped the Franzes win our league. That's awesome. And hey, I'm telling you, you got Puka on your bench, right? Yes, yes. He's a start this week. I'm all over that. I think I already did. I I have to look. I think I I already did. So I am I am jacked up. Tell us about your league. Uh, are, you, are your playoff? When do your playoffs start? Uh, our playoffs start obviously this Thursday. It's this week. We got three rounds. Uh, we have wow. six teams that make it in our that our playoffs. Uh, one and two get a bye. And then uh, after this week, the four of us will duke it out for you know the last four, three spots. Oh, okay. So okay. it's pretty see, nice. I yeah. got a, I got the number one seed, so I'm pretty happy because I get a bye next week or this week. I don't have to really worry about it. And then I get the lowest seed of whoever wins, so that's kind of nice. So you got three versus six, four versus five. Do you even set a lineup this week, or do you, do you like, play anybody in a meaningless regular season while the playoffs start, or you just you're just done this week? Well, believe it or not, we have points that you can win. We have $30 for the best record. Also, if you happen to get the best total week of all the weeks, you can get another seventy bucks. So there's there's stuff like that out there. Or if you get someone that goes off more than DJ Moore did that one day, that's a, there's a hundred dollars out there for that. So oh wow, there's okay. still stuff to play for. Okay, do you actually? But you're are you actually playing against somebody while you do it? No, no, it just shows a blank lineup next to my ESPN screen. Man, that's awesome. I I, I love. Yeah. There's been a lot of people that have reached out to me after our conversations that you've opened up some windows in their own head that they didn't know they could adjust in their own league, that they really like yeah. some of the things you do. So if even though you said a couple of them, 
I don't mind if you repeat it, kind of go through what separates your league. Because I would imagine anybody that's watching us right now on WTSMTV.com, I would bet almost anything. All of them do their fantasy football through ESPN. Maybe some of them are a CBS, a Yahoo, something like that. But I bet they all do it no, at ESPN. Go really? ESPN. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, ESPN's the best. So yeah, if, Yahoo's for Yahoo's. So. <laughs> so if they're doing the ESPN League, I bet you they just choose standard, standard, you know, whatever they might not know. So give us some of the things that you guys have chosen, even if you repeat yourself, that kind of separate your league from other leagues. Uh, a couple of things that we do. Uh, I love the auction draft versus the snake draft. Any person is available. You have to then find the strategy and – making the team with a certain amount of dollars. So that's more fun because I hate when you draft 12th and you just know there's six guys that you're not even going to touch because they're not going to be there. So that's kind of frustrating. And ESPN sets the salary cap. Like, do you put in there, this is how much money and everybody pays, or do you guys handle the money separately? Uh, the money is just like, like we have $200 a buy-in. It happens to be $200 for the auction draft. Okay. But that's just those numbers are separate. They just happen to be a coincidence being the same. You can oh, set it for a hundred, you can play for fifty and still have a two hundred dollar budget. So it's just and then you as a commissioner have to divvy up how the winnings get split up. You know, what do you get for first place, second, third? And then also do you have any prizes in between? Which I only recommend like a best week. The person who gets it gets a little money. Okay. Everyone engaged. Some teams are in the bottom of the league. Last week we had our guy that was four and twenty come up and get best points and win 30 bucks wow so he was totally out of the picture and everything but he just scooped up another 30 bucks so that's fun totally get rid of divisions divisions are awful definitely click away from those and uh i like having one running back one wide receiver and two flex so i know a lot of people do two running backs two wide receivers and one flex yeah yeah so i i prefer to have the two flexes and uh PPR, I'm kind of a sucker for that. I don't like the one point. Some some guys get you know one catch for zero yards is the point, and you're like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. So so if they get ten catches, that's like you know you get an extra two and a half points. Okay, I'm okay with that. But ten catches for ten extra points, that's kind of a lot to me. I, I love this breakdown. Now, I personally can't do the money because two of the one of the kids that's in the league is actually an NCAA soccer player. So just so, oh, you, nice. so yeah, it's kind of cool. So just so you guys know that are watching right now or listening right now on Doug Franz Unplugged, Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or TuneIn, that if there's any money that changes hands, you can't play with an NCAA student because now that's considered a form of gambling. And then now you've just made a kid ineligible just to try to play fantasy football. So please know that. Don't use any money if you've got a kid involved in an, in that, that plays NCAA sports. But at the same time, if she if she graduates or stops playing, boom, you know, then it's time to step up and uh, and take my own children's money. I'll have no problem uh, uh, doing that, even though some kind of backwards way I feel like I'll end up I'll end up paying for it. Okay, so now give us kind of lineups this week. Um, I, I love that you just told me about uh, Puka. I looked at my team. I do have him starting. And then, of course, without knowing, you punched me in the face because I don't like to admit this publicly because it's embarrassing. But I'm a Washington fan. And it says right here, Rams versus Washington. Washington opponent rank 31st at covering 30. a wide receiver. 
I thought they were 30 seconds, so it looks like they've improved. So that's good. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, here yeah. is one. Ravens are at Jacksonville. I have their defense, but I have the Chiefs defense on my bench, and they are home against – or they're on the road at New England. So we should have terrible weather in New England and – I don't think Billy is going to be throwing for three touchdown passes in the first half like he did against the Steelers. No. So I'm thinking I switch those two out. 100%. And also, Kansas City just low. They're going to be hungry that win back. And they don't like the Patriots. They used to beat them up a lot. So they're going to come and take it to them. I like that. What are you hearing fantasy worldwide that it's not just how to help my team, which is uh, my team is named, oh, Miso Henry. Uh, what is uh, – what is? Henry. I like that. <laughs> I, came, I like up that. That, came up with that myself. Pretty proud of that. Uh, I, I don't know if I really look like somebody that, uh, that, that used to listen to that, but, hey, you know, it's entertaining. You, um, you kind of look like a King Henry, you know. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I ate King Vitamin as a child. It was my favorite cereal. So I don't even know if anybody even knows that cereal exists. So tell me about uh, some of the things you're hearing fantasy-wise that might help somebody else's team and not just mine. A uh, lot of injuries this week. Uh, Thursday, uh, this week, we got obviously Justin Herbert. He's out for the season. Uh, horrible fractured uh, index finger on his throwing hand, so that puts him out. Uh, so... Is going to be Easton Stick is going to be the quarterback there, so that's going to be interesting to see what he does. And I, I think Keenan Allen's banged up tonight too. So yeah, so you know you got Easton Stick throwing to Quentin Johnson, so you know that's going to be <laughs> they're going to torch it up. And then you got Josh Jacobs on the other side who's banged up, and you know I don't think he's got an ankle injury. I don't think he's coming back on the short rest. So I think you know, I don't even know who's playing tonight. I don't even yeah. know if Max Crosby's playing tonight. So. Tonight's going to be a total wash. It's hard to adjust. If you have a Keenan Allen or you have, like, someone else in these games, it's really hard to start them because you don't know what's going on. So if you can flex out of them, I would, uh, and try and go somewhere else. Even someone like, like you said, Tua. If you had two on your team, I would bench him and go try and get Matthew Stafford. That's on the waivers. Oh, right yeah, now. yeah. Because Matthew Stafford, he's going to be a nice, solid play. He's playing Washington, unfortunately, Doug. They – uh. They do get thrown on a lot. And the last three games, Matthew Stafford has had 23 points. So that's that's pretty good. So if you need a quarterback to stream right now and Stafford's out there, I definitely would look at that. Also, Will Levis, you can look at him because if you have a Justin Herbert, that guy was down 14 points in three minutes and came back and just stuck it to him, which really, really impressed me because after that, that uh, muff punt, I thought that was it. Yeah, the look yep. in their eyes. They were frustrated. Brayville had this look on his face. is like, what is going on tonight? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, boom, they come back. And, you know, he's fired up. Kind of like when C.J. Stroud had that comeback win. It was like his defining moment where, like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So I think good things are going to come from Will Levis. So watch that. And also, I think if you got D.K. this week, D.K. is going to have a monster game. So he plays Monday night. Man, I love those theories. What it actually I want to go back to my team and for once it's not being selfish, but as soon as you said that about Tua, it made me think. I have Mostert starting right now, but he's questionable. So it's Dolphins uh home against the Jets who are the 24th worst team or best team depending on how you want to look at it at stopping the run. But Tony Pollard is on my bench. He's been mostly terrible, but he's starting 
to play a lot better. So do I look at the Dolphins and say, without who knows what's going to happen? But with if I, if they're not going to have Tyreek, maybe they're going to run more. So that's Mostert, or maybe if the other team isn't as worried anymore without Tyreek Hill running behind them, they're going to do better stopping the run. And with Mostert being questionable, should I give up on that one, or should I just wait until Sunday and watch Organic Football Podcast and then be able to figure it out? Well, definitely watch us on oh, okay. Sunday at yeah. Definitely watch us at Sunday at ten. That way, you can find out all the ins and the outs. But I will tell you this: Tyreek Hill made a very valid point that he should be the MVP this season because when he left that game for those plays, that team did not look the same. Yep. It was totally different. But I will say this: Mike McDaniel's is a smart man. If he has a whole week to game plan without Tyreek there. I think that's going to be a lot different because everything they do is based around what Tyreek does. So if you take him out, they don't, I don't think they have a ton of plays they can call without Tyreek in there. And no one can do what Tyreek can do, so it's just it's a lot different. But Mostert is a touchdown monster, and he's got more touchdowns this season than any running back. So I don't if he's healthy, I don't think you sit him okay. because the Jets are going to cover all the wide receivers, so they're going to have to move the ball somehow, and that's going to be through Mostert and Achin. Done. Done. Hey, well, I, I know that I'll be watching on Sunday because this is too important because I got to know. Sunday, 10 o'clock, the organic football show right here on WTSMTV.com. Brad, have a great weekend. Thanks for your time, my friend. All right. Thanks. Real quick, too. Uh, don't forget to set your lineups. We got Saturday games. A lot of people don't realize that. Oh, yeah. Three of them. So, yeah. Three of them. So make sure you get your lineup set Saturday. You don't actually get a questionable and you don't look at it. And then all of a sudden you get a zero come playoff time. So definitely want to check those Saturday games. Man, that's why you're here. I think you've really helped the show. Thanks a lot, my friend. All right, thanks, Doug. Have a great day. Yep, there's Brad Smith Organic Football Show every Tuesday afternoon at uh, 1 o'clock and then every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And that's a huge deal because the inactives come out right at about 9.30. So you don't have to be you know, going every which way trying to find the inactives. If you're a live member, I think it's a good investment. If you care about doing well in your fantasy league, become a live member of WTSMTV.com. Flip it on right here every weekday morning at 10 o'clock. They go through the inactives. It's also a very interactive show. You, instead of maybe you don't have time to watch all, the whole hour or really focus on it, waiting for them to talk about your guy, what you can do is you can email them, you can contact them at the beginning of the show while you're watching. They'll answer your email, your question, your text on the air. So you can get what you need immediately if you've got to go somewhere else. So it's a great idea to be able to get your lineup set. If you're an on-demand member, you'll be able to watch it afterwards, and that'll really help you on the Tuesday show. Won't help you as much on Sunday because then they've already gone over the inactives, and then when we post the show on demand, you're like, wait a minute, the games are already on. But the Tuesday show, they go more broad where they say, look for this matchup. You just heard Brad. Start Puka. Well, if you've got a situation that nobody in your league has puka well then you can go find yourself a puka that little tidbit there about Matthew Stafford might be a better start this week than Tua Tungavailoa like no one would have thought of that but that could actually happen so therefore bench Tua and go get Matthew Stafford he's probably available in your league and let's see compare and contrast how both of those do uh, that'll be fun on Monday when you know uh, Tua has 
12 points and Matthew Stafford gets you 25, and you'll know it's because you watch the organic football show. All right, coming up next, son's a loser, but we're supposedly supposed to be happy about it. It's an interesting discussion. The twins came back and looked great, and the Suns didn't win. Yeah, there's a lot to dive into with the Suns. It's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. Here is Sue Riggler on starting 100 Mile Brewing Company. The name 100 Mile Brewing Company, it's where you keep your beer freshest from production. So we have a 10 barrel brewing system and I don't want the beer to travel any more than a radius of 100 miles outside of where we produce it here in Tempe, Arizona. And I'm also a runner. I've been running 45 years. So 100 Miles has a play on, on that as well. The food, we have a full restaurant. It's elevated food for a brewery and a local media has named us as the top 10 restaurants, places to eat in Tempe, Arizona. I've heard more than once from people that they say they dream about our burgers. So that's kind of a, I wouldn't dream about a burger, but okay. So if you are in the unplugged army, we need to be friends. There's thousands and thousands of you that I cannot wait to meet. So this is your spot. Doug's favorite beer. He likes a lot of them, but the favorite one is the A Mountain Amber Ale. So why don't you all come in? I invite you in. Ask for Sue. Ask for Todd. And we'll take really good care of you. So in the Franz household, we have an air conditioning unit, an air scrubber, a reverse osmosis system, and a tankless water heater all purchased from Parker & Sons. Why? Well, number one, because we trust them. We got to know Parker and Sons about six months into living in Phoenix, and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time, and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap. And then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water, even on holidays when people are coming in to visit. And it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit in a tank. It only heats it up as we use it. So we only use the electricity when we need it. And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 6022-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, that R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub at Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. Final score was 116 to 112. And uh, the reasons why, there's quite a few reasons why they lost. Bench scoring, and this brings up an interesting fact because you look at the team like the Nets, they're deeper than the Suns. The Suns are better with a starting five, but the Nets are so much deeper than the Suns are, and they were able to get the win because of that. Here is your bench scoring, 26-14. to 14. So you can see a difference with that. 
Then you look at the turnovers. The Suns had 12 turnovers, which is not bad at all. The Nets only had seven turnovers. Three-point shooting. I'd have to cheat and look it up, but I believe three-point shooting was 14 to nine, meaning the Nets made 14 and the Suns made made nine. Do you mind if I cheat? Because I want to make sure that I got that one right instead of just spewing out of my mouth. I don't even remember what I told you what it was, but it was 15 and nine. Didn't I just say 14 and nine? I was reasonably close. So it was 15 threes made by the Nets, only nine made by the Suns. That really hurt. And um, the fourth quarter easily is a big deal. And that's kind of what I want to focus on a little bit. The fourth quarter, Suns lost 30 to 24. Now, it's the first game with the big three. So you got Beal on a minutes restriction. So I don't want to go nuts at all about the game when you have three superstars trying to get involved together, trying to figure out how does each guy play with each other? How does each guy handle, okay, is this your shot? Okay, are you hot so you go? Where do I go when you make a drive? There's so many things. Plus, to be very fair, and maybe you don't know this, when you have three guys that are offensive juggernauts, other teams play a lot of junk defenses. So no matter how much you think you're ready for the game, it's not like in the NFL where, man, this defense always does this, okay? In the NBA, it's not very often you play three guys that could all go for 30. So you don't see the defense that they have planned for you. I think that that's makes it's easy to, to make sense of that. So, for an example, the Nets just play the Knicks, and I'm making that up. They play the Knicks. The Knicks' offense isn't as good, so they play a standard defense. Then they go to Philadelphia, okay, Embiid, masterful center, and you know I, I like some of the other Sixers pieces, but they don't have three 30-point guys, okay? Then you play the Lakers. All right, are you really worried about anybody other than LeBron and AD? That doesn't mean that D'Angelo Russell can't score, but it just means with the other two and LeBron being such a ball-dominant player, you're not as worried about it. With this Suns team, you look at you got three guys that can go for 30 at any moment. So now, whatever you're going to do to stop them, the coaches haven't necessarily prepared the Suns for. So every game's going to be a little different. Plus, other coaches are going to watch what the Nets did last night and said, okay, what did you do against these three guys? Okay. Now, it's not like every coach in the league hasn't had a game at some point in their life, either as a coach or a player, where they played a team that had three juggernauts on it. It's kind of the magic number of winning a championship is to have three stars. Once you get your third star, you have a chance to win. Almost every team that's won a championship over the last 40 years has had three stars on it. But there's, there, of course, there's exceptions. Uh, I think the best one is the Detroit Pistons under Larry Brown, who were kind of led by Joe du- an aging Joe Dumars. But oh man, I might even be wrong. Joe Dumars, he wasn't on that team. So, no, he wasn't even on that team. So it shows you they had a bunch of – Rip Hamilton was one. They had a bunch of good players, but a whole bunch of good players and were able to just keep coming at you in waves. So that's kind of where – Every situation for these sons is going to be different than the next one. So you can't always prepare. So it's going to be a major learning process. 
And then from a Frank Vogel standpoint, it's like, okay, I'm only playing Beal this much. So now when I take him out, who do I put in? Okay, how does the chemistry work with these guys now? How does the chemistry work with these guys? Up oh, now Beal can play longer. So who do I take out first of the big three to give rest? Do we have a good enough backup point guard when Booker comes out, or do we even need a backup point guard because everybody on the floor can bring the ball up for the most part? This is all the things that has to happen between now and the playoffs to figure it out. That's why I'm not terribly stressed about losing to the Brooklyn Nets. I do think it's an interesting conversation to say the Twins, and in case you're not a Suns fan, that's Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. The Twins went for 37 points. KD went for 27 points. No, of course it's not fair to say that, but that's the trade. So how did that work out? Those two played better than uh, combined than KD was able to play, and they're just such good guys. One small thing: how much do you look at your bench? Goodwin went one for three from or one for six from three. That's bad. So you've got to have guys on the bench be able to hit the shots that aren't normally hit. But the Suns didn't have Grayson Allen or Eric Gordon, so when we look at team depth, it fell off pretty quick. That would have added a ton, and both guys hit the three, especially Eric Gordon. So you see how many you – know, this game almost had more questions after it than answers. That's why there's no reason to freak out. So that's kind of a rundown of the game. I'm going to do my normal thing, give you some book, give you some Vogel, and give you some um, uh, Kevin Durant here in a minute. But there was a situation at the end of the game – that I didn't think was wrong, terrible, or stupid, but I, I disagreed with. So I want to bring in Izzy, Isaiah Jackson of Izzy on Sports. Uh, Izzy, just to let you know, yesterday, because you do so much for our on-demand viewers on the basic level, whenever you go to a game and the packages you give, I threw out to the Unplugged Army, what is, what is something we should call those hits? And <laughs> um, one of them I got I didn't like, but it made me laugh. The show would be Izzy on sports, right? But your overnight hits would be Izzy on the busy. Is what one guy Izzy on the busy? Is what else threw out. And I, I laughed like crazy, and then I thought, I don't really know. But if if you like it, you can run with that. I'll have more of them on Town Hall Tuesday. But I just wanted to let you know that. No, but, I like it. I, I don't you? think I'd use it. Okay, there you go. That's a nice way to be. That's the typical Izzy. Isn't that Jeff Weir production? Isn't that the normal Izzy? Yeah. Well, what about Izzy on the tizzy? Oh. Is he on the tizzy <laughs> for ta- I, for town? I, I, I kind of just don't want to make it rhyme. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I was uh, look at look at us. Uh, I, I was just I just like I, I didn't know that you could go freestyle like that, Jeff. Weir production. I have to give yeah. you a, I have to give you a little credit credit uh, on that. That's how I roll. Uh, you're big time that way. So here's what happened that I didn't. Well, you know what? I don't want to say what I would do. I'm not going to tell you what I would do. I don't want to influence you. I want you to tell me what you would do, okay? Okay. So you're watching the game. Uh, bad defense out of nowhere by the Nets. Good pass from KD. Suns get a dunk. 27 seconds left. They're down by two. 27 seconds left, down by two. What would you do? 27 seconds left, down by two, and the Nets are getting ready to inbound. Oh, It's a full court, right? Full court press, right? Okay. And then, and then as soon as you get the ball inbound, you, I mean, I'm assuming it, they're trying to get it to Spencer Dinwiddie, uh-huh. but no matter whose the ball is going to, I mean, you got to foul immediately. Okay. You and I disagree, but we actually agree more than Coach Vogel did. 
<laughs> so with 27 seconds left for me, I go full court trap. All right. And I want to get, get the steal. I w- and I include a ten se- an eight second in the NBA, an eight second violation as part of the steal. All right. But as soon as they cross half court, I'm fouling. So Got you. your opinion was foul on the inbound if you don't get a steal on the inbound. So for your version, there's about 21 seconds left in the game, let's say. Right, yeah. And they're at the free throw line with a chance to make it a two-possession game. Mine is a little more risky. I'm trying to get the steal, and if I lose out and I don't get it, we're looking at fouling, and there's probably about 16 seconds remaining in the game, something like that, 15 seconds remaining. And again, the chance for them to make it a two-possession game right Frank Vogel and you could see after the dunk I think it was Bates D up that had the dunk I have to look at my notes but he gets the dunk and he looks right over at the bench what am I doing and he's told not to foul there's no trap they come down and the Nets run an offense yes and then in in total defensive mode it ends up being a foul I think on Kevin Durant with about six seconds left in the game but they were playing regular defense and I look at that and I say I totally disagree and I would love some high school coaches that I know there's a lot of high school coaches that listen to Doug Franz Unplugged I'd love for your evaluation of this I realize when you've got Beal Durant and Booker getting a bucket isn't that hard right but by not fouling you're saying that group is going to play lights-out defense at a pretty good team that has a lot of decent shooters. You're going to get the rebound. You're going to be able to do that, and with only about two seconds or a second left in the game, because you assume they're going to take run down the whole clock, Right. you're going to get that rebound, get the timeout, advance the ball, and in a second and a half, immediately score off of the inbound. I that to me is too much than if, then if, then if, then if versus your version where I got a ton of time, my version where I have a better chance of a steal, but less chance of a win if I don't get it, but at least I've still got 15 seconds. You and I are kind of in agreement that whatever, the, even though you don't, you and I don't agree on what they should have done, we agree that they shouldn't have done what they did. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think the crazy part is that I think that's being overconfident in Frank Vogel's part because even looking at yes. the past plays, the past possessions, Yusuf Nurkic was getting beat, and then whether it was by Spencer Dinwiddie, Mikhail Bridges, so they have they went small ball because you know small ball being the tallest guy there, Kevin Durant. Yep. You know, so they had to pretty they being overconfident in that situation. I like Kate. I like Kevin Durant, and I do think he's a really good defensive player, but. That man doesn't move his feet. Like, that man doesn't move his feet. He doesn't really help out a whole lot. So, yeah. I think in that situation, you he goes a little – he's a little too overconfident in that, and he trusts his, he trusts his superstars too yes. much in that situation. I yeah, lo- over fundamentals. I, I love this conversation because he, this is the only part of this game. Anything else in the game, it's like, man, they don't have Grayson Allen. They, they, don't, they don't have Eric Gordon. They're not complete yet. Minutes restrictions on, on Bradley Beal right yep. now. Relax. The chemistry will come. I'm not even worried about the loss, but we can – judge late game decisions because that's kind of universal and unless the team has is a one horse team and you think this team's not good offensively I don't have to foul with 27 seconds left because they're going to make a mistake we're going to get a steal we're, we're out rebounding them by 15 you know whatever it is even under those circumstances, I don't love it. But, man, there's a good argument. But yes. a complete team like Brooklyn who's got shooters all over, 
I don't know why Vogel thought we can play defense and get a rebound with only a three-second difference on the shot clock. I'm not talking to you about this if if D- Bates Diop gets the dunk at about the 45-second mark, even the 40-second mark. But at 27 seconds, that that's too close to be able to run out the whole clock. I think that was a mistake by Vogel. Oh, yeah, I definitely think it was a mistake. And I think this is... It, I think it's kind of reoccurring as well because I was, unlike the game yesterday, I was at the Golden State Warriors game and I think it was a pretty much the same situation. The only difference is the Warriors couldn't hit a basket to save their lives. <laughs> yeah. Like they pretty much, the Warriors lost themselves that game. And I think there was a bunch of questionable mistakes there in, the, in clutch time in yeah. terms of the Suns defense. So it, it definitely needs to get cleaned up. And I mean... I, I think we're just I think we're getting too overly confident on the three superstars that are there on the team. Like Amen. like you said, Bradley Bill's on uh, on limitations right now. If you're looking at it, I'm with you 100. percent We had, we shouldn't stress about it one bit. This team is going to be perfectly fine, but they're just now starting. They're just now getting together, like as yeah. a as a tandem, as a threesome. So you got to work this stuff out. And being overconfident on offense is you're not gonna you gotta you gotta finish the job on defense first. Yes. Yes. So that's just the biggest thing of this whole thing. Great conversation. Keep getting ready for the main event at 8 o'clock and have a good show today at 10. Thank Ooh, you. Appreciate you. Absolutely. That's uh, Isaiah Izzy Jackson. Every weekday morning at 10 o'clock, his show is from 10 to noon. IOS Izzy on sports. If you haven't checked it out, it's still it's still hilarious to me. Uh, I don't even know if I want Izzy to, to know this, but when Izzy was just producer, he's just such a quiet, nice young man that I'm thinking the whole time, you've earned a show? But I, I don't think you're opinionated enough. I don't think you drive enough. I don't know if you've got the energy to like be the guy on camera. Because I learned a long time ago. I learned this in radio. This is kind of embarrassing what I learned. I could say the dumbest thing in the world. And if I said it with a bunch of energy, man, it got a lot of attention. And if I made the most brilliant point in the world, I'm like, yeah, did you hear that? Did you hear how good that was? And I... I, I was just kind of said it like this, and I just kind of talked, and I didn't have a lot of energy, and then I just let Wolf talk like crazy and be all energetic after my brilliant point. Nobody cared. Nobody heard it. Nobody cared at all. So I'm thinking, Izzy, you know, you're going to have to pick it up. You're going to have to do this. And I don't know if you felt the same way, Jeff Weir Production. The first iOS, I was like, whoa, who is that? He's got more energy than all three of us put together. I know. It's even fantastic. when he's sick. <laughs> And his asthma is giving him a fit. He's still got more energy than me. It's fan- It's fantastic. So if you haven't checked it out, Unplugged Army, please find a way to do it. Become a basic member to watch it on demand. Become a live member to watch it live, especially if you're at work and you want to kind of keep an eye on what things are going on, plus be entertained. It's 10 to noon. You can have it running on your computer. If you're really busy and you, and you got to focus on something, go ahead and mute it. But man, put in some AirPods. Nobody knows what you're listening to and you're listening to iOS as you walk around the office. I think you'll love the show. Let's get into the other thing. So now you know my opinion. I thought that was a mistake by Frank Vogel and that, and admittedly, that bothers me and it's really to the point exactly what Izzy said because I think we can judge Vogel's ability in late game situations. It doesn't make him an idiot, but I do look at him and wonder, why did you think that was a good decision? And the only way I can come up with a logical opinion is to just steal Izzy's because I didn't have one. I thought it was such a bad mistake I couldn't think of one. And I like that opinion. Overconfidence in we're going to get the rebound, we're going to call timeout, we're going to move the ball, and with only about a second and a half on the clock, we're going to be able to get off a good shot because look who I have. And I just think 
That's too much wishful thinking to not just foul now, put you on the line. Now, some of you would disagree with me, and you've got a pretty good reason. Say, wait, you're going to foul and allow a team to take a one-possession lead and make it two possessions. If it's a one-possession lead, don't foul. Play defense. I'm with you if it's not for the fact that they can run out the clock. When you can run out almost the whole clock, I, I can't let you do that unless I am like some kind of defensive juggernaut team and the other team has 20 turnovers. Okay, then we're going to play pressure defense. You don't have a good point guard. I believe we're going to get a steal. I don't think the Suns are there defensively. The reason why I'm not losing my mind on it is because maybe Frank Vogel is trying to see how should we handle this later. I I hate to say it, but there are coaches in an 82-game season that will lose a battle to win the war. And they'll look at it and say, okay, with this lineup, can we get a steal? Can we play defense for 24 seconds and try to get the ball back without even giving up a shot? Let's see what we can do. And now he might know, okay, now I know we can't with that lineup. Or I'll do it again and see if they can learn from it. Some coaches do that. I hate that. I want to win every game. But if you already believe you're a playoff team and you're going to learn more about your guys, okay, well then – Maybe that's a reason why. What really bothered me is I watched the Frank Vogel press conference and I didn't hear a member of the media ask that question. And I was kind of wondering, what, what, how did none of you guys think of, of that question? Let's go to, let's start with Frank first, if you don't mind, Jeff Weir production. We'll start with Vogel 1 and 2. This is Frank's basic opening statement of just simply being asked, how did you feel about getting the, the big three finally into the game, into the starting lineup, and how everything worked out? Uh, well, not good enough to win the game, but we're you know we're going to stay positive. Uh, the first game with those three guys out there together, a lot of figuring it out. Um, you know, guys figuring out when to be aggressive, when not to be aggressive, dealing with minutes restriction, uh, all those types of things. And um, you know, we'll stay positive with it, but uh, not not enough during that stretch. Absolutely, I like that. I like that phrase. Not enough during that stretch, and that stretch, especially with early. Uh, and plus, I think it brings up an important point of Bradley Beal started to play really well early, and due to the minutes restriction, you pull him out. Okay, there's no way you're going to take a star. I'm not going to say Bradley Beal's a superstar, but he is a star, in my opinion. Obviously, that's debatable because he's an all-star and had a great career. But as a star, when a star is hot, you don't take him out of the game. So there would have been a lot more offense from Bradley Beal in the first quarter if it would have been more appropriate. So that would have changed the course of the game, and that changes the course of then every rotation afterwards. Uh, Frank, what do you think of just some of the problems? Uh, if it wasn't for Nurkic, you would have had a, re- a massive rebounding problem. You weren't able to turn them over. That's another – can I give you another opinion? Sorry to go back on something. Why did you think you were going to play good enough defense when there's only 27 seconds left in the game when right now Brooklyn only had seven turnovers? That was it. I mean, seven turnovers is minuscule. Barely over one per quarter. You're playing 12 minutes of basketball, and only one time during the game are you getting them to turn the ball over three times in a, tur- in, in a whole quarter. Almost every quarter it's one turnover per quarter. And now you think, oh, we're going to turn them over now? Again, might be just experimenting to see what they can do, but boy, I don't like that. I don't like that. Okay, anyway, sorry. Uh, what are some of the problems that you see, Coach? Pretty good. Yeah, I don't think we handled their switching well enough. 
you know, throughout the game. And, you know, we got a little too ISO heavy and weren't effective in the ISOs when we when we can be, which is, you know, you, you can play heavy ISO basketball, but you got to be effective in it. And I don't think we, we quite were. So uh, we can be better and we will. I still like him. I'm still glad they hired Frank Vogel. But, man, I'm, I'm dying to know. And where I really apologize to you. I've reached out to the Suns a couple of times. Frank and I are supposed to try to get a beer. But I don't have the relationship yet to text him and say, like a lot of coaches, managers uh, in the area, when I had a question and there was a pressure that I didn't go to, I could just text them and say, hey, why didn't you do this? And they, I, I got lucky enough that they would respect me to know I'm not just being a hack and trying to be a jerk to them. But at the same time, they knew, they knew me well enough by driving into work and listening sometimes that I was disagreeing with them, and that's why I asked the question. But they knew I would be fair about it. And then the next day I would explain their position and then explain my position and do, do it both factually, even though I had some opinion behind it. And, uh, and I don't have that relationship with Coach Vogel yet, so I apologize for that, and I'll keep working to be able to get that. All right, I'm going to do uh, book one, two, three. I'll get to four and five later, Jeff Weir production, but let's do book one, two, three. Uh, Devin, your opinion. You're, you're now part of this big three. How did it, how did it flow between you, Beal, and KD? Uh, I mean, we just have to look back at it. You know, I wouldn't um, – you know, we're not going to stress it too much. We obviously have, you know, some things to work on. Um, but, you know, it's it just good to have everybody out there. Um, well, not everybody, but, you know, the three of us and, you know, just get to play off each other and get a feel for it. So I want to go through the official. That was – I felt like it was important for you to hear it, but I heard it three times and, okay, good, there it is. <laughs> You might say, well, then why'd you play it if you thought it was a waste of time? No, I don't think it's a waste of time. I thought you should hear his opinion on the big three because it's the first time they played. But I didn't really care. <laughs> so this is one that I want to I, I go over with you. This is the first quarter stats, just for the first quarter, okay? Suns are losing 31-22 at the end of the first quarter. Booker has one point. He went one for one at the free throw line, hasn't had a shot yet, and it's one of the rare times in his life he already has uh, he has more turnovers than field goal attempts in a quarter. Right? He had a turnover. Now, he wasn't bad. He had four assists and one turnover. That's always a good average. He, you dream of an NBA point guard with a four-to-one average. And then it'd be a guy that's not necessarily a normal point guard even better. But no shot attempts. And the team is down by nine. So you've had a nine-point deficit. You had a bad quarter. And... You haven't even shot the ball yet. What happened in the first quarter? What was your thinking? What was your mentality? Yeah, just just reading the game. I mean, obviously, I knew after the first quarter I didn't have a shot attempt, but you know, we're we're getting good looks, um, and we have players on the court that can score the ball at a very high level. So, um, just reading the game, take what the defense gives us. Then that makes even more, or is that? It just depends on how they're defending. Um, I don't go in with any, you know, certain type of mindset or I'm going to score tonight or I'm going to overpass tonight. You know, I'm just reading the game and trying to get the best available shot every time. It's a really interesting conversation piece. All in all, each individual wasn't terrible. Kevin Durant, three for seven. Met two, two for four. Nurkic, one for three. Bradley Beal, three for five. When I read those stats, 
I don't think you flip out and think we got to trade somebody. But when I give them to you collectively, the team went 9 of 24 from the field in the first quarter for 37%. That's terrible. It's hard to get on any individual, but that's terrible. So KD's 3 for 7, obviously hurt. But are you really telling Kevin Durant to stop shooting? Nurkic is 1 for 3, especially from a big – you can't have a big shooting 33%. But at the same time, I don't know if you knew this, Nurkic ended the game with 15 points, 22 rebounds. So you're not going to lose your mind on that. In the second and third quarter, Nurkic was fantastic. So maybe his somewhat poor start kind of got him fired up in the better direction later on. You never know. But that is interesting to look at it as a whole that that can happen. But I do think it's fair to say you're dealing with a guy that's an unnatural point guard who's been light years better than anybody should have expected from him so far on this season. And for the first time in his life, he's playing with this player, Bradley Beal, and the first time in his life, he's playing with this starting lineup. So there's a lot of room there, but it is weird to say Devin Booker, no shot attempts in a first quarter. So uh, hopefully that'll change up. And then... The next question was about getting the ball up the floor. And uh, fast break points overall for the Suns was kind of a category that I think they would like to do a little better on. They tied um, the Nets at 13 points in, in fast break points. And I think they would love to see that pick up. Even though the Nets are younger, there's so many weapons if they get out and run. And Devin was asked about getting the balance between pushing the tempo, getting guys up the floor, but also sometimes, hey, you've got the best offense, some of the best offensive players in the league, let's run a set because if we're actually running offenses that's designed to punish a defense, aren't we a better team? Uh, Just let's go. Um, That's my only mindset. Whenever we get the outlet, whoever it is, the other four take off sprinting and, you know, don't just – don't just sprint to get down the course, sprint and turn your head and look for the ball and, you know, try to get easy opportunities. Um, um, we miss Grayson tonight. He's really good at that. Um, EG also, you know, so I think we'll, we'll be in pretty good shape. I, I really don't like admitting this. I spent so much of my life not just hating Grayson Allen. And I, I enjoy his hustle. I don't want to like the person, I admit. <laughs> But he really hustles, and I love how Booker noticed that, that a lot of the runouts this year have been Grayson Allen, and without him, you don't have that, of him pushing the tempo, not necessarily with the ball, but now the defense has to collapse. And I'm not going to say Grayson's your weakest offensive player, but he's not as good as your big three weapons. So if you've got the defense being forced to collapse just to get back because Grayson Allen's making a a, a long-court rim run, now, you've got the weapons coming right behind him with the defense more collapsed. So, he's boy, he nailed that answer. He's absolutely right. All right, now we'll go uh, all the Kevin Durants, if you could. The last one is off topic, but the first three are right on it. And it's the standard intro of what happened tonight. And he wanted to give credit to Brooklyn, but you can see zero concern on his face when it comes to the Suns developing chemistry. Yeah, I mean uh... – we showed some spurts. You got to give the Nets credit. They they played like three or four different defenses tonight, trying to throw us off. Uh, but I think we fought through it and figured some stuff out. Um, well, we're only going to get better. 
So you said they mixed up some defenses. It's funny the way NBA players, the stars of the league, get mad that you're junking things up to stop them. Isn't that funny? Hey, just play normal so we can beat you. That's like that's basically what they're arguing and whining about. But he goes further into what the Nets did to kind of slow things down for the Suns. Before I oh, play yeah. that, have we figured out why he's not holding the mic anymore? I've seen him do it once, but you're right. It is it is a little different. I have no idea why. Because um, I kind of liked that as a as a sound guy. It's like you always had great sound from Kevin Durant. But I don't know if – I have a weird guess and you'll laugh. I think he's become so exhausted because he's carrying such a big load when Booker and Beal were out that he's leaning over the microphone so there's no reason to hold it. <laughs> You're probably right. And he used to lean back like, hey, I'm comfortable. I'm going to move around. I got energy in the press conference. And if you're listening to the podcast right now without the video, you can see how my voice goes in and out as I move around and it doesn't sound consistent. Well, Kevin Durant would move around, but he'd hold the microphone right there so you had great volume. Now he's so tired. We still get good volume, but he's just leaned over and sitting right next to the microphone <laughs> the whole time. I'm wondering if that's it. So hopefully we'll see. If he feels more energetic, maybe he's going to hold the microphone again. Good question. Uh, okay, uh, mucked up defenses, KD. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, people listen to y'all, read your articles and listen to the much hypers around our team. So they come in and prepare, trying to figure out ways to stop us. Uh, they've been watching us on TV. So they come in and prepare, trying to, trying to figure some stuff out. You know, as they know it's tough to guard us traditionally. Um, so they want to throw some muck, they muck the game up a bit. So I think we still got solid looks throughout the game. I really got to laugh at that answer. He's talking to Dwayne Rankin, Arizona Republic, one of the best beat reporters in the country. And say, hey, they read your articles. They know we got a good offensive team. <laughs> now, come on. I don't think some team is coming into Phoenix in December and they read Dwayne Rankin and go, hey, did you hear they got this Devin Booker guy? <laughs> I mean, come on. I just thought that was hilarious. Secondly, give that man a lot of credit. You know how hard it must be to sit there and say, and they play some mucked up defenses. Without having to drop, I mean, some mucked up defenses. That was well done, KD. I got to give you credit. And that is a natural word. A lot of them say mucked up, but he's a cusser. And so for him to be able to restrain and use the word muck was uh, was pretty important. All right, KD, you're in Oklahoma City, and you got James, and you got Russ. And then eventually you go uh, to uh, Golden State, and you've got Clay, and you've got uh, Steph Curry. Then you go to blah, 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 blah. Everywhere he's been, you could argue he's part of the big three. What is it about the three of you that you guys need to coordinate? How long does it take to develop the chemistry when you're playing as part of a big three? I'm um, simplifying the game. Just <clears throat> um, staying aware of one another while we're on the floor. I think we all did a solid job of, of that tonight. Uh, but when you got three guys that can handle the ball and get downhill and shoot for and create for their own, I think, um, you know, we uh, take advantage of those opportunities. I think whoever got it going, Book had it going, get downhill tonight and create it for us on that backside. It's going to be like that. It might be different guys doing it every game. This is unbelievable basketball theory. I mean, this is where I kind of start gushing a little bit. I love conversations like this. 
to get deep into the game, you've got three guys that not only can create their own shot, they're also two of the three are great drivers of the basketball, KD and Book. Bradley Beal's a really good driver of the basketball, okay? So, if you cut to the basket, the problem is what if you do it right at the moment your teammate's driving to the basket? Now all you've done is what's called bring the help. What I mean by bring the help, that's a terrible thing on offense. That means you now have made a move that brings your defensive player with you, and now he can help guard the book drive down the lane. So if you're Kevin Durant, you want to cut to the basket well before Booker's about ready to make his move. But what if you don't know when Booker's about to make his move? And if you're Booker, you don't want to make your move until you know what Beal's doing. And so if Beal's man overplays, you've got to be able to read it. Beal's got to be able to read it. Beal goes backside. You now get him the ball. But if you give up on that defender overplaying, and now you drive right at the minute that Beal cuts, now you've clogged up the whole lane. And the backside is now you've driven down the right side. You have the action on the right side. The defense is scared to death. There's KD. There's Book. They're both on the right side. You've got an unbelievable weapon in being able to have Bradley Beal as your backside shooter. Because now, that guy's got the worst decision in the world to make. Do I help because of the Booker-KD situation and slag off of Bradley Beal? And now Bradley Beal might be open if they get a cross-court pass to be able to switch the defense. And if you're able to do that, boom, you just gave up a three when you're trying to stop the two. Think about that math. I'm working so hard to stop the two-pointer, I give up a three-pointer. But at the same time, if you stick on Beal on the backside, you're not shooting this three. Well, now there's more openings for KD and Book to drive if all three have the proper chemistry. And if that guy's playing up top or up very close to Bradley Beal saying, I'm not going to let you take a three, Bradley Beal can cut on him and everybody's got their head turned to KD and Book. All the defense is looking this way. I'm looking over here. All of a sudden, Bradley Beal comes running up my back. I don't even see him. Boom, layup. But if Bradley Beal runs in there right at the moment that KD fakes a pass to Book and starts driving, now there's a mess. They don't know that yet. And that's what KD is talking about. And I, I just I love the process of watching them learn. So can they practice that in practice, or is that stuff that's just learned on the court in game time? Yes. <laughs> and that's why I had such a good question. It's, it's learned whether you're in practice or in the game, but it only happens by doing. It only happens by screwing up, and it's which Beal breaks to the basket, and now it ends up being a bad cut. It wasn't a bad cut philosophically, but it was for the teammates in the way they want to play. So then Bradley learns, hey, if I'm going to go, i got to go now. So I've got to go sooner, and if it doesn't work, I just need to fake the cut. So then Booker will realize, okay, my signal to go is as soon as Beal fakes the cut. So he jabs the cut. Now what does the defender do? Uh Uh-oh, he's cutting back door. I've got to drop back, and now I'm out of position to be able to make a play on Bradley Beal. So that's right when Booker comes with a guy in no man's land. Now Booker can read the defense more easily. Somebody cuts him off, he gives it up to Bradley Beal because Beal's fake cut pulled the guy out of position. But if Beal really cut, now Beal's in the way when Booker gets in there. It's a great question, Jeff Weir Production, and that's why this stuff is so fun, and that's why it's just December. 
Boy, I haven't done this in a while. If you remember the Unplugged Army, remember this was all night. Every night me just going crazy. Sons this and this, this cut, this cut. Now the four's got to look at the two. Now are you going to really run that four or five screen? Or are you really going to come down the zipper? I just love this stuff. And this is coaching and it's teammates and it takes time. And we've got to be patient. But that doesn't mean we have to be happy. There's a big difference. Okay, now let me kind of switch it. Still Suns, but we're going to switch up the topic a little bit to two other topics. The Twins and Draymond Green. Let's start with Booker. Go back, if you could, to Booker 4-5. This was awesome. Uh, I mean, just, just to let you know how good the finals team was and how fun they were to cover and the way that they got along, Booker was asked about a little bit more about seeing Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges have their first game back in Phoenix and the way the fans treated them, the video displays about them, how hard they play, and what made them good teammates. I mean, it just felt like practice, honestly. Um, obviously, a lot of emotion there, um, a lot of feelings there. I, you know, obviously keep up with them every night. And, you know, my league pass, the Nets are one of my favorite teams. I never have them start. Um, you know, so if I'm not watching it, I'm getting an alert or checking box scores. Um, you know, them guys are, you know, it's bigger in basketball with them. You know, everybody here knows their high character. And, you know, they, they, they left their mark on this organization. Um, those two are incredible human beings. Incredible. I hate losing them, but I was so glad for their own personalities. They got to go together. It's so rare for that to happen. So a couple more questions to Booker, blah, blah, blah. And then, I forget who it was, somebody goes back to ask another question about the Twins. And they just, and they just said, I love this simple question. When did you know? that you were going to have lifelong friends. I know you want to beat them. I know there's competition right now. But when did you know these two are going to be a connection for you for the rest of your life off the court? With the fan base, uh, they're, they're just high-character guys. They're involved in the community. Um, both of them are well-spoken, well-educated. They come from great families. Um, really everything you know you want. Um and then, you know, I haven't even mentioned their play yet. Um, and that's obviously both two all-star level players. Um, and they play hard every night, and that's what this city loves. Obviously, they were your rookies. But did you think that you would have that kind of friendship with them when you first initially got around them? Did you, did you foresee having the kind of bond you have with them? Day one, yeah. Um you know, a lot of personality um, with those guys, too. You know, the, the Villanova, North Carolina, Pittsburgh for Cam, like, those guys are super smart. Like, they're just highly educated, and that translates directly to the court. Man, that's cool. I, that's, I, I hope I do a good job on Unplugged personalizing some of the guys. I think it pu it pulls me in to like them even more when, I, when, when they – kind of reveal themselves a little bit and I try to do that because at the same time I want to be fair there's going to be a day I sit here and rip Devin Booker full well knowing I, I think he's the greatest Phoenix Suns player of all time full well knowing there will never be in a day in my life I accomplish as much as he did and I, I I think he's a wonderful human being and yet at the same time hey you screwed up my job is to point it out even though I can't do it welcome to the world of sports talk radio deal with it so that's me but I still want to be fair and let you know, man, these are good dudes. Okay, the last one, 
uh, for Suns today. Totally off topic of Suns Nets, but back to the game before. Kevin Durant didn't speak to the media the night before, and that's not a slam on KD. It's just he wasn't asked to. They rotate people around game after game. So KD spoke to the media last night after the loss to the Nets. But it was the first opportunity to talk about the indefinite suspension of Draymond Green. And when Kevin Durant left the Golden State Warriors, not only was Draymond Green his teammate, there were a lot of rumors that that he was sick of Draymond Green, and that's why he wanted to leave. Kevin Durant stood up in a press conference a couple months later and ripped anybody that thought that. Said, sure, we were teammates, there were disagreements, but that is has nothing to do with why I left. Not And like really went at people that tried to start or a, that rumor or believed in that rumor. Okay, I just want to take the man at his word, but at the same time, I don't know how you get along with Draymond Green. But okay, you said you did, fine. But he knows Draymond very well. So your reaction, KD, to the Draymond Green suspension, indefinitely. Yeah, that was insane to see. Uh, glad Nurk is all right. Uh, never seen that before in a basketball court in an NBA game. I hope Draymond gets the help he needs. Uh, it's been incident after incident. So uh, I know Draymond, and that's not, you know, he doesn't, he, he hasn't been that way when I was around him and coming into the league. So, Hopefully he gets the help he needs and get back on the court and you know put all this stuff behind him. It's weird how there must be something that a lot of people know. Everyone is referring to, I hope Draymond gets the help he needs. I, I'm not one of those people. I look at this and saying, this has been a career thing with Draymond Green, the knees to the groin, the suspensions, being out of control. I'm not a fan of any of that. I, if it was a an attitude of playing so hard and playing so physical that everybody gets mad, man, I'm on his side. Like, I'm a big believer in Bobby Portis. Like, I love the way Bobby Portis plays the game. But I don't like Draymond Green's way of playing the game. So when everybody keeps talking about, hey, get some help, man, there's got to be some big issues going on with Draymond Green. All right, I got a lot more to get to, and I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this. I want to talk Kyler. I want to talk Giannis Adenokounmpo. I want to talk to Steve McCollum, and I want to do versus Vegas. We got everything going on. Hopefully, I can cram it all in next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. It's big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. If you're having a hangover, a bad day, even a good day, still get your burrito at Burrito Express. It will make you feel better. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18-year-old. I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally, we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area. Literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Because I thought talent and energy wise, I was really good. I thought planning wise, I was horrible. <laughs> horrible. 
Um, because of that, I'm going to save all the Kyler Murray stuff for tomorrow. We can have a football Friday on Beer Friday. I got a lot to talk about with Kyler Murray, so we're going to get to that on Friday. Sorry, Cardinals fans, I didn't get it to it today. And I'm making a – like, you might think this is a dumb decision. I'm talking Milwaukee Pacers over Kyler. In a, in a local market, that's dumb. But, oh, my gosh, what happened last night is just so crazy – um, first of all, let's set it up. Lots of things that happen. Give me the first one. So Giannis gets thrown to the ground in the game, and everybody's fired up about that. So here you go. Here's number one. In the mid post against Giannis, so they Watch find the him paint. quickly. Giannis turns quickly. Whoa. Whoa. Uh-oh. The, the players got to stay. Bobby Pierce right in the mix. Players need to stay on the bench. Now, the watch Bobby Portis' eyes. Oh, my goodness. By the way, I love Bobby Portis. Here he goes. Bobby Portis, number nine. Keep an eye on him. Bobby, Bobby. Here's the eyeballs. Oh, no. Show it again. Show it again. Give me Bobby. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to learn to stay out of Now, I don't have a problem with this play at all, just to let you know. Okay, you could, you could kill this, if you would, Jeff Weir Production. I remember the championship. Um, good job, because Jeff, we're in production, and I have not practiced this at all. But Nesmith foul- gets fooled. He gets fooled. He's coming down on him, realizes, well, I'm not going to let you shoot. So he grabs onto him. Giannis does a complete little hip throw. That's not what Nesmith wanted to do. It was, boy, you got me. I'm not going to let you be able to get this shot off at all. I'm, and now I'm trying to hold you up, and everybody freaks out. Okay? I have no problem with the play. Here's why I love Bobby Portis. There are so many fake tough guys in the NBA. There are so many guys that are the biggest wuss until you put seven people between them and their target. Now they want to fight. Hey, is the trainer going to protect me? Okay, let's go. Let's go. You know, Bobby is not that guy. Bobby is not that guy. Bobby will flip out on anybody. There is no fake tough guy there. I love Bobby Portis. So we got that situation. And then at the end of the game, which one is a bigger deal? Giannis Adenokounmpo, Oscar Shibway. Oscar Shibway made a free throw. He made a free throw near the end of the game. The Pacers have a tradition. The ball that you score your first points with, you get. Hey, here's my first points in the NBA. Okay. Giannis went for 64. <laughs> he set the new franchise record, 64 points. He would like the ball massive skirmish at the end of the game and an argument about the ball that was on the court, left the court, came back on the court, and then came back off the court again. An argument over the ball, and the Pacers are claiming that their general manager has bruised ribs because he got elbowed in the ribs after the skirmish. We bring on Steve McCollum, who we will label as the ultimate judge in this situation. The main event coming up from 8 to 10. Steve, who should win Ballgate? Does Shibway get the game ball for scoring a point? Who? Yeah, or Giannis Adetokounmpo yeah. Yeah. gets the game ball for scoring 64. Uh, it's not even a question. What? It's a stupid deal. Uh, they're ridiculous. The the Pacers are absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> they got all this good pub for doing well in the in-season tournament. All washed away by being a bunch of uh, crybaby losers <laughs> last night. <laughs> Uh, I was hoping that they would go King Solomon and just cut the ball in half and give and give half to each of them. You have multiple balls there. Giannis gets the actual game ball. The other dude gets the other ball that was there as a participation trophy. 
Uh, sorry, the uh, better player and the guy that's been in the league longer, the guy that uh, has won MVPs, the guy that has championships, uh, gets that ball. It's not even a question. <laughs> and the fact that the Pacers are willing to fight over it shows you what a poverty franchise the Pacers are. Well, it would be interesting if they would have fought uh, during the game. Okay, which which uh, NBA story do you find more enjoyment in? For me, it's the Spurs because I hate San Antonio. The Spurs have now an 18-game losing streak. Yep. Which is nothing compared to the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, it's only two games, three games now, right? The Detroit Pistons, here's what's hilarious. Just, just let this wash over you because it seems like it was a year ago. They started the year two and one. Mm-hmm. They haven't won since. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> San Antonio came in here and beat the Suns yeah, twice in a row and uh, haven't yeah, won hurts. since. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? <laughs> the win of back-to-back mocking us and then turn around and they can't beat anybody yeah. else the rest of the yeah, year. Uh, it turns out, uh, I said early in the season that Wemby's got a footwork problem and he's going to struggle with defense. Uh, boy, is that true. Mm, good point, good yeah. point. It's kind of interesting the state of the NBA right now in the sense of I think there's nobody that you can totally declare that's the NBA champion. I mean, there's a lot of teams. I'm not going to say totally great, but I until Denver you know falls on their face, I'm going to say Denver's the best. But there's a lot of teams that you could argue can win a championship. And yet, the bottom of the standings, we all talk about parity, they're worse than they've ever been yeah, since well. I was a kid. I mean, it's so bad that the Minnesota Timberwolves are leading the uh, Western Conference, yeah. which I yeah. tells you how bad everybody's playing because uh, there's no way in hell they should be even close to the top of the uh, rankings there, right? I'm, so. I'm, I'm with you on that. What are you th- What are you thinking about today for the main event? Uh, you know, uh, Lou comes in today, of course. Uh, you know, we talk uh, UFC, NFL gambling. Because, I mean, talk about parity and who yeah. knows what to put your money on anymore Good point. in the NFL. Golly. Uh, you know, tonight's... I mean, tonight's matchup is just, holy cow, set your clocks now. Amazon Prime. Uh, you got uh, some guy you've never heard of named Stick uh, playing tonight. Uh, good job. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i one, and then they don't have Keenan Allen either. That, that wouldn't matter if they did or not. Yeah. Stick is playing. And then you've got the Raiders, who how involved are they really going to be at this point in the season? Well, Antonio Pierce, I mean, he, he's acting like he has this job yeah. wrapped up. Yeah, I can't wait for him to have that meeting where he gets told to piss off well there's i gotta tell you i kind of rooting for him to get it why now here's why as an asu fan i realize i don't want i don't want him getting paid head coach money but i don't think he's going to do well over time well of course he's not and then i want him to have that record attached i'm not it like doesn't between, matter though then he'll just get promoted to something else that's way antonio pierce happens man man i you talk about coming out singing. It, it, that just, it just makes me sick. Here, here's really the, makes me uh, sick. Well, it has nothing to do with the ASU thing. I just don't think the guy before McDaniel, uh, whatever the guy's name was, that nobody cares about, the, the crappy guy that keeps getting head coaching jobs and he sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, not McDaniel. It's not McDaniel. You, know, you guys know what I'm talking about. The mm-hmm. Raiders coach that got fired, and he got fired in Denver, that guy. Okay. Uh, he um, – you know, the guy that was the interim head coach before he was hired deserved the ball because he at least was in the pros. and Oh, yeah, the Rich Basaccia. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you got to root for those guys, not guys like this. It's a joke. It's a disgusting thing that he's even the coach right now. Uh, and then you add the issue stuff, and my hatred for him for that's another thing. <laughs> but, no, I, I would like to see him get shown the door uh, unceremoniously uh, and uh, shoved behind him. And I'd like – is there anybody more insulting to be fired by than Al Davis? 
Do you know my point? Well, are, like, are you, like, you, got, you, know, are you, you saying you, that because Al Davis you still feel like is, is, is – Al Davis is – Mark Davis, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know if you just slipped no, or yeah, if, I, if I it's slipped. like no, the, no, the ghost is firing, which <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say you're wrong. No, no. I, just I mean, actually wasn't correcting you. I just mean the owner of the Raiders is an idiot. Yeah, And yes. uh, So, go, oh, yeah, you get uh, you think you have this job. You think you can con this guy into giving you the job, and even he's like, yeah, you're not good enough at terror. That's a bigger insult than anything. It's one thing to get fired by Bob Kraft, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Mark Davis, it's going to be insulting. He's probably going to get, be getting one of those $200 haircuts while he lets you go, too. And it's going to be even more insulting. You know, back to your point from yesterday, it's <laughs> it's going to be really interesting if you've nailed it and Belichick is the coach of the Chargers. Yeah. And I still think he's a great coach. I don't think he's as good of a personnel guy as you do. We'll see what he does with the Chargers. But I'm so fascinated to see if it's going to be Belichick, is it going to be Andy Reid in the same division. I still think that uh, when you look at the turnaround of the Denver Broncos, it's another reason why it shows yeah. how great Sean Payton is. Yeah. And then you look at the Raiders. I mean, whoever is that yeah. fourth coach coming up in the future, and those are potentially the three guys you're going against? I think that's what makes it so great. That's why you should root for Belichick. One, it'll be the best team Belichick's ever had in terms of talent will be the Chargers. Think about those Patriots teams. They do not have a ton of talent, even the ones that you know won Super Bowl, right? Teddy Bruschi was like your best player on defense. I mean, who? who? Mm. Rabel was your best guy on defense at one time. Like, who? Right, and it's you know you don't have those superstars. Uh, Randy Moss is probably their biggest superstar. You go to the Chargers land where you have all these name guys that you know about, but then just that division is all. Who doesn't want to see Sean Payton go up against those two guys you just mentioned, Andy Reid and uh, Bill Belichick? Oh my God, it'd be amazing to watch. Yeah. It would be the talk of the town if you would let me say that. <laughs> I never know what's the talk of the town in, in <laughs> Vegas. That's that's more your world. You know more about that uh, than than well, I do. It'd be the talk of everywhere, right? I mean, uh, you would expect good things. Now, I don't expect him to do it because of his age, but um, you know, no better place to go retire and make some extra money, Belichick. I am so Root glad. I'm so glad you're having Gam Lou, uh, uh, your gambling Lou, sweet Lou, today because uh, I was on fire, and that fire has been extinguished. Yeah, well, I'm glad you stopped bothering me, uh, blaming me for your crappy picks. <laughs> Versus I mean, if I flip the page to the past, man, is this loaded with unbelievably good picks. Man, is this page not. <laughs> Where I'm at. 0 3-1-0, 1-1, 0-2, 1-2, 1-0, 0-2, 1-0, 1-1, 1-0, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 
that's kind of an advantage for me being a novice gambler who doesn't gamble very much. I can just go by, hey, what do I think is right? Even if I win only a beer out of it. Well, I got it right only because of the bad juice. I took the one and a half goals with Montreal. Pittsburgh won in a shootout. Once that game went to overtime at 3-3, I'm like, I'm a winner. I already got it. Because there's no way Montreal's going to lose by two once it went into overtime. Pittsburgh wins in the shootout. I win Montreal plus one and a half. So it's a 4-3 Pittsburgh. I go to 1-0 on the night. I go to 10-55, 9-64, and 7 overall. Still well ahead on units, though. Well ahead on units, even though I'm not above 53%. And I'm still living off of Alex Bregman's home run at plus 700 in the uh, in one of the world uh, playoff games with the Astros. By the way, I'm starting to feel a little bit of Alex Bregman news out there in the world. Keep an eye on that. Uh, the other game that I, uh, I, I like, I have full disclosure. I looked at versus Vegas for about 10 minutes last night for, for coming up today. So I didn't do a good job. I hate to admit this to you, but I didn't do a good job researching college basketball. So there could be, could be some college basketball games that I really would have liked and been able to jump on. I'm actually pretty decent at gambling on hockey, and I didn't do a deep dive into hockey. So there could be some games that I've screwed myself on, but the one game I did like in the NBA that it's not a love, but it's a hard like. I got Denver minus 9.5 at home against the same Brooklyn Nets that just left Phoenix. Now, normally, I think the Nets are too good of a team to ever say you've got to win by double figures. I would love to bet Denver on the money line. The problem is that's minus 425. That means you've got to gamble. For me, I would have to gamble about four bucks. And so if I use my normal unit of $5, okay, then I would win somewhere around a dollar. There's no way I'm betting a whole beer in order to get a swallow of a beer, all right, for one drink. Not going to do that. So that's, that's to me what the unit price is. Bet a whole beer, win a drink of a beer. One drink of one beer. No, not doing that. But I'm that confident it'll happen. I am incredibly confident Denver's winning tonight. That's what it means when you gamble on the money line. You're only gambling who wins. However, if you take the favorite, you don't get as much money back. Now, I think you know this, but I, I, my wife was fooled on this one. If you get your bet right, you always get your money back. So if I bet $5 on Denver tonight on the money line, I get my $5 back, and then they hand me a whole dollar. Here you go. Here you go. Okay, I'm not doing that. So if you bet against or with the spread, now you have better uh, chance. So I've got Denver at minus 108. So now when I bet my $5, I'm going to get almost a whole beer back if Denver covers. But they got to cover nine and a half. So why would I do that? Brooklyn leaves Phoenix, flies about two hours, an hour and a half to Denver, lands drives about an hour from the airport. Well, traffic's not going to be that bad, but about a 45-minute drive to the hotel, and then you're going to play at altitude the next day. 
after on the back end of a back-to-back against the world champions, that's asking an awful lot. Brooklyn's a young team, aggressive. They hustle. They do well. But I I think that's going to be tough. I like Denver minus the 9.5. Don't love it, but I like it, and that's the only game I'm going to play. That does it for today's version of Doug Tron's Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. That gets lit tomorrow. Beer Friday presented by 100 Mile Brewing Company. Please, not a sanctioned event, but the one-year birthday party for 100 Mile Brewing Company is coming up on Saturday. Can you find a way to stop by? Whether it's one beer, whether it's lunch, whether it's a happy hour, whether you're going to stop by for dinner. I can't tell you when my family's coming, but we're definitely going to be there at some point on Saturday. Love to see you out at 100 Mile Brewing Company in Tempe on Saturday. That's located like inches south of the 202, right where Scottsdale Road and Rural Road come together. Just turn into the Makayos parking lot and go all the way past Makayos. And eventually on your right, you'll see a white building, and that's 100 Mile Brewing Company. For If you haven't done all of your holiday shopping yet, go to unplugged at whirlwind.com unplugged at whirlwind.com check out that website and you can see how to become a whirlwind plus member and it pays for itself so quickly if you're any kind of a golfer or if you're buying it for a golfer especially if you know a golfer and you want to do something different it's kind of cool to tell them hey i made you a whirlwind plus member that's a really cool present if you haven't done it unplugged at whirlwind.com Bell's National Kitchen, the original sponsor of Doug Franz Unplugged. Rosati's, the official sports bar, but only the one in Chandler at Ray and McQueen. Best breakfast burrito you've ever had in your life is Burrito Express. Seven locations all across the east side. And any issues with your heating, cooling, plumbing, or electrical, call Parker and Son. 602-2-REPAIR. That's 602, the number two. Then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Son. The main event, it's up next. I'll see you tomorrow.